fan page brought to you by me, your host, a more caffeinated version of my normal self. I'm here with my first ever guest, Ryan. Hey, it's me, Ryan. All right, Ryan, why don't you tell these lovely listeners what we're going to be talking about today? Well, those out there with the ears, we are going to be talking about Robin Williams. The Robin one, you know, Williams. Robin freaking Williams. And, you know, people always say, oh, the man, the myth, the legend. Like, you throw around like it's, like it's an essay. Like, you're writing an essay. Like, oh, he's the man, the myth, the legend. But he's actually a legend. So. I completely agree. He really is not a legend. It's... Uh, I was kind of contemplating about that when I was doing some of my research about how uh, out of all like the voice actors and actors and just influences of my childhood, how he was the one that like I always knew by name and by voice specifically. There was never any doubt that it was him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was a clear voice in mo- many people's childhood. I think he was just in constant too. Like I mean, I could. I mean, well, I guess we're here to rant about him, but like, it's one of those things where very few actors and, and you know really affect you in the same kind of way because very few actors really bring that like constant joy, even when they're not, not in roles that are necessarily joyful. You can still just kind of I don't know, you can just feel how human he is in his roles. So exactly, I think that's a really good point. Um, it just about how human he is. I really like how you said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you started, you know, started this podcast with Rob Williams because, you know, from this point, you can talk about anything because he kind of, I don't know, he sees such a, a common point for everybody. I think I feel like most people grew up with Rob Williams, so it's a pretty easy topic to talk about. And a pretty fun topic to talk about. Uh, you and when I was first telling you about the podcast idea and everything, I was like, "Quick, give me just give me a random list of topics." And I can't remember <laughs> what else was on that list, but you said Robin Williams. And I was like, "That's the first episode. That's yeah. what I'm doing. That's how we're starting this podcast off." So again, welcome <laughs> to Coffee Field Rampage. <laughs> yes. Okay, so a little bit of background about Robin Williams. If you have not, for any reason, heard of him or know who this man is, he is a comedian. He is uh, a voice actor of our childhood, a regular actor of our childhood, not just, you know, our childhood, Ryan and I, but um, a big part of people's lives that span all ages. You know, he did uh, some of his more serious stuff, like Good Morning Vietnam, Goodwill Hunting, um dead poet society but then you know he was also flubber jumanji of course aladdin yeah (laughs) yeah hook he's in hook exactly like it just did so many things um i was doing a little bit of research about him Uh, i didn't know he was a singer was he i i didn't know yeah Yeah, I pulled up on... I, I admit I used Wikipedia. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who but doesn't start there? Everybody starts there. Everybody starts with Wikipedia. Uh, but one of the things that I did find was specifically uh, he did sing. I couldn't really find much else. Uh, all by, I didn't look too hard because I had to work <laughs> and do school stuff. So it was a little bit hard um, doing the amount of research that I probably would have wanted to do. Um, but yeah, he did sing. Uh, his stand-up uh, I forgot. Super inappropriate. <laughs> like, <laughs> completely forgot that, like, all of his recordings, like, each one of them on Spotify was, like, explicit, 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 explicit. <laughs> yes. And, and not only just explicit, but, like, it's stuff that, you know, if it wasn't Robin Williams, it would not fly today. Like, a lot of it, 
he uses a lot of like you know interesting impressions of various people from other cultures and he really does (laughs) that would not fly at all now definitely bordering bordering on unacceptable um Yes. Given the time frame, given the man, uh, can we let it pass? I don't know. Should your like who you are give you a pass on those kinds of things? Huh? I'm not here to get philosophical, but he did it. There's nothing we can do now. Yeah, that, that's a whole other podcast, whole other you know subgenre of podcast. Exactly, that's an ethical <laughs> podcast, and I'm not here to get into it. <laughs> not at all. Uh, one other thing that I didn't know is he studied at Juilliard. I did know that, actually. I, um, grew up re-watching and watching his Inside the Actor Studio interview with James Lipton. And, uh, he went into great detail about, you know, going to Juilliard and what he did before that. He did a, he went to a, um, I guess what they called a junior college, which I, I guess is more of like a, uh, I guess like a lesser college, um, in California. Um, cause he had gone to college before and it didn't really work out. Uh, and his dad's just like, why are you spending money? Why am I spending money on you doing this when you're just messing around with theater? <laughs> cause he went exactly. to a boys- Um, and yeah, he, he went from junior college to Ju- Juilliard and that's just, you know, that, that's not something you typically think of when you think of Rob Williams. Yeah. Uh, he definitely doesn't seem to come up as somebody that's like, a, I don't want to say the word polished. But uh, it definitely doesn't seem like he's somebody that's so polished that would go to Juilliard. Um, yeah, that's so interesting. I, I think I think there's like three distinct generations that interact with Rob Wayne. I think there's the first generation that, that knew him from Mork and Mindy, because that's that's where he got his big start. It was, you know, Happy Days, and then that led into Mork and Mindy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, the generation that dealt with him during his comedy routine, when he was just like vulgar, and he was, you know, off the wall. And then, obviously, our generation, which knew him from all these, like, wholesome, like, family pictures, which are totally not what he was known for for, for a really long time. Like a yeah. Really... Back when he was the voice of Disney. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, speaking of Disney, did you see that Will Smith's going to be the uh, new genie in the uh, live-action remake? I, I did see that. I, I did. <laughs> I will say intrigued. that I saw <laughs> I, that's the most I could really go off on a long tangent about that but that yes that is a thing that is happening and it is it is a, yes yeah it's what, it's a what, thing that's happening very, it's very whelming it, I, I'm not I'm not happy or sad um, I think there's there there's way worse directions it could have gone in I'm glad it wasn't someone like Kevin Hart who is like constantly like you know Loud. Um, I don't know. Not, I don't know how I feel about that. What do you think about it? Um, I think that they definitely could have had a worse choice for that. Um, I think mm-hmm. that if you're kind of going for like trying to match that same level of like charisma and just fun and also um, kind of accessibility to a younger crowd, uh, I mm-hmm. definitely think that Will Smith is a decent choice for that. Um, mm-hmm. He's a well known name, extremely well known name. And he's gotten like he does a lot of different things that I think can make him a good choice as far as acting, like because he can be, you know, really light and playful. Um, like, look at Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like that character is so very is uh, very jovial, very charismatic. You know, kind of bouncing around all the time in like personality and stuff like that. Um, 
So I think that he was a pretty good choice because that's the kind of energy that a genie is going to need, especially if you're trying to hold up to the uh, acting of Robin Williams. <laughs> so I think he's got some really yeah. big shoes to fill with that one. He, he does, because like with the original movie, they let him just fly off the handle because they did have a script and he read the script at first. And then I think they got about 16 extra hours of just audio of him just like going off on different impressions and different voices and different tangents and that's just testament to i guess how full of i guess material he was like i mean he, he was just like an en endless fountain of like funny and i think that was something that people were always amazed by um people were always just like completely thrown off by how fast he was and how much he had to say oh yeah and he had a lot to say all the time at a very <laughs> fast pace yeah yeah i think a lot of people had trouble keeping up with him um I feel like that's probably just a constant thing that, that he dealt with. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know how he came up with everything so fast. He, he just seemed to live at a different speed than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, he really did. Uh, there was a couple of comments being made about like when he first like got to Juilliard and everything, and first started getting on like the theater and the acting scene, where uh, he was just so fantastic at improv that. No, like nobody could keep up with him. Um, mm -hmm. Like he had classmates that you know, professors, classmates, stuff like that that he just kept in stitches constantly, uh, just because he just he. It's like he was always on. Mm -hmm. um, I was reading about like some some of his time on uh, for, at Juilliard on Wikipedia, and the word like prodigy of just comedy kept coming to mind. Uh, I don't know if you can be like a prodigy with comedy. Um, but if you can, he is it. Like, he fits the definition. It just seemed to come so naturally to him. Yeah, I don't see why 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 you can't use that term. Because, I mean, art's so important. Entertainment's so important. You know, it's one of the, in like the biggest parts of our culture, I think. It's one of those things that keeps us going. Because without fiction, without, you know, um, theater, I don't think we would all survive, honestly. I think if, if you were stuck with nonfiction and, and the news all the time, um, you'd be, oof. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think about that, but yeah, no, I, I think he's definitely you know someone that you could, I guess, consider. Um, I was I was looking at an interview with David Letterman, who uh, started out in comedy around the same time that he did, uh, and he just the first time that he met Robin, um, he was just floored because you know David Letterman's a funny guy, but he's not a high energy funny guy you know what i mean like dave letterman is yeah is for his talk shows um and he was really good at some stand-up but like he had you know handwritten jokes he had everything planned out and then rob williams just comes up and just like he's like ah, 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 ah. he's like all over the place and he's yeah <laughs> emoting and coming up with things off the top of his head and just making you know just like building this huge um presence on stage and he's like you know he i think he remember i think he said that he Felt like he was just out of a job at that point. He's like, how do how do we schmucks back here deal with someone who can literally fly? Like he, he said, he had the kind of energy that he, you just imagine he was just gonna like shoot up, you know, off the ground and shoot through the the roof and like fly through the sky because he was yeah. just so energetic. I would not be surprised if he just did one day. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody forget Chris Angel, <laughs> freak. Forget if anybody David. could have done it. If there was a headline that Robin Williams had flown, then I'd be like, well, I mean, he is kind of close to the next step. So it makes sense. 
Oh goodness. Um, so you said that to prep for this episode, uh, you had watched a bunch of Robin Williams movies, correct? I did. Um, none of the, the dramatic roles, sadly, just because I didn't have access to many of them. Um, there were a lot of movies that I'd heard of that I really want to see still that I'm kind of ashamed that I haven't seen because, I mean, I, you know, I love film. Uh, that was something I went to school for. Um, but there's, there's a movie called The Fisher King that he did with Jeff Bridges, which was apparently really good. He plays, um, I think, a homeless man. Um, yes. And then also uh, Moscow. I think it's Moscow on, on New York or Moscow. Gosh, people are going to like ream me for not knowing the title of this. But um, and then obviously I've seen Dead Poets Society and I've seen Good Morning Vietnam. But what I watched in, in prep for this was Hook, which is one of my favorite movies in general. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite quotes in it. But Hook and then I watched Patch Adams, which I love. Um, and then I watched um, What Dreams May Come, which is actually, I guess, one of the more serious roles. But that movie is just crazy out there. The movie's really good, but it's, it's out there. And then I watched AI, which for me is personally one of my favorites, even though it's probably one of his like less popular films. I was going to watch more, but I didn't really have a lot of time. But yeah, that's what I watched. Yeah, I kind of sprang this episode on you pretty quick. I was like, alright, next week, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> next week, Robin Williams, the entire, entirety of his life. We're going to talk about it right here, right now. Guys, I'm about to pull up the Wikipedia page and just read it to you. <laughs> Well, then it's like um, a high school PowerPoint. You're just like, well, <laughs> um, Robin Williams was an actor. Point six, he knew Billy Crystal. <laughs> Point seven, he's really, 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 really hairy. Yeah, that's exactly what I'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think Dead Poet Society is my favorite Robin Williams movie. Um there's just a lot there. Like, that movie made me feel a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, what I kind of left with is just like, this feeling of inspiration. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was just something about, like... Goodness. Okay, I'm trying to articulate my thoughts. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, fine. Um, I haven't seen it since... I was young. I, I saw it in college, and it really hit me then. I haven't seen it since, just because you know there's so much media out there in the world. I don't watch things over again very often. But um, it's something that I think he was very familiar with because he went to an all boys school, mm-hmm. and he you know had a lot of teachers that he admired. He he admired education. He admired intellect, um, which you know. People in our generation didn't really know as much about because we're just so used to, you know, Disney. But exactly. you know, this movie, this movie showed that you know he's a very deep actor. He's a very good, serious, dramatic actor. I think. He is, yeah. I really have a lot of respect for it. But then, like, you have like that very serious, like, deep reverie that he brought into that character, and like you can really see where he channeled so many like of his own influences and his own desire to be uh just a bigger better best you mm-hmm. that's what i really liked about it is that that's just like it's that was my takeaway is like you just always strive to be your best self and you strive to be true to you um right. which i yeah. 
really love that. I love the exploration of self and community and, you know, camaraderie. I love it. Um, and then you have movies like Mrs. Doubtfire, which... <laughs> <laughs> I need to remember not to, to not, not to just nod to everything. Like, I mean, they can't see this, but we, we can see each other, but they can't see Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, like, nodding to you. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I agree. But I'm not actually saying, oh, I agree. I'm just nodding my head. But, yeah. yes, I agree with everything you just said. Even though this is an audio podcast, obviously, that's what podcasts are, uh, I sprung video chat on Ryan, so <laughs> he's not prepared. <laughs> I'm glad no one can see me right now. I look <laughs> great. I look you, like the cliche, like, oh, he, you've got a cold commercial person. I, I might as well have two tissues at my nose at this rate. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Yes. You just go grab them real quick. I'll just keep talking. Anyway. <laughs> I have, I have them right next to me. They're right here. It's fine. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, oh, so like I said, you have like that deep content of Dead Poets Society. And then you have like Mrs. Doubtfire. And like, I like Mrs. Doubtfire, but put that in literally any other context. <laughs> Parents are divorced. Dad doesn't get to see the kids. So if dad dresses up as an old British woman right. to effectively stalk his family. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if it wasn't so funny, that would be the perfect context for a horror movie. Oh yeah, no, it'd be terrifying. And like, and like Jack, he he like his he's like you know, developmentally like a child. Like he he, he grows extra fast. Like that's yeah. like a, that's that's like a scary movie right there. That, that definitely is a horror film because, yeah, if you if you did with anybody else in the other movie, that would not be something that you would find wholesome or you know inviting but i think something that's good about rob williams is you know it's the same reason that he's good at dramatic roles um he just pulls from this like i don't know he has this thing where he smiles and he just emotes and just like the way he exists on screen it just feels so i wouldn't say relatable because i am not robin williams and none of us are robin williams and none of us can be robin williams but like there's something about him that seems so human like he just seems like the most human person on screen when he's on screen and He's just so funny. Um, even in his non-comedic you know, comedic roles, he just has this like joy that like you can feel. I think from him, like, it's like he feels like he feels extra alive. I guess that's what I'm what I'm what I'm what I meant to say. Like he just always seems like more alive than most people on screen, just because he like exudes this like life, this like humanity from him. He he literally seems bigger than life itself. Right, right, like, right. And, and since, since it's on screen, it's you know for me at least, it feels like he's the most. Alive. <laughs> yes. No, I get what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down. That makes sense. Um, Hollywood, this is going to be the only time that I ever ask this. Uh, I need a horror reboot of Miss Stoutfire. Like, <laughs> get on it, guys. Get on it. Come on, Hollywood. I need it. I mean, Fan yeah, sure. Come on. <laughs> you don't have to agree. That's fine. You can have an opinion. Yeah, that's fine. I, I definitely don't want that. Mainly because old people freak me out enough, and I think having someone in old lady makeup trying to kill people sounds scary, which I guess is kind of the point of that. So maybe they should do it. Maybe mm -hmm. that's exactly why yep. they should do it. Because mm -hmm. I would eat every second of it. <laughs> uh, okay, so another Robin Williams movie that I've got a weird relationship with. That's okay. not the weird relationship of Mrs. Doubtfire, where it's like, this could totally be a horror movie in, like, any second. It could just take a wrong turn. Uh, good thing it's already been, like, recorded and everything, because, uh, 
you know, filmed and everything. So now, like, there's no chance for it to, like, go back and be spooky. Now it's just a fun film. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> that one I've got a weird relationship with. Uh, good movie. I thought he did some excellent acting. Very problematic when it comes to the ethics uh, of therapy. <laughs> Uh, for anybody that does not know, I did my undergrad studying psychology, and that was actually the first time that I watched this movie was in undergrad. In uh, one of my classes, we had watched a couple of scenes from it, and then because we were like learning about like some ethics, some like diagnosis stuff, um, we were shown a couple of clips, and then the professor said, "Okay, who can tell me what's really wrong with this?" And like we all started like listing things off. Um, first of all, he like really opened up about his own life to Will. Yeah. Not what you're supposed to do. Not at all. You're supposed to keep your life very separate. Um, you know, it's okay to be like, you know, I know what you're feeling. Like, let's talk about it. Let's get you through it. But you can't be like, yeah, uh, my wife died and I haven't been the same since. Here's my entire <laughs> life story of how I met her and how much I loved her. Can't do that. You gotta divert. Uh, the actual physical altercation <laughs> between Sean and Will. Yeah. You, you you lose your license immediately for things like that. You can't have physical altercations with clients. It's not uh, uh, movie magic, man. Hollywood. What are they going to do? He's he's movie therapist. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely a movie therapist. I, so you know, you know, I, you know, I would see that as a problem on on paper, like you know, obviously. But since I didn't study like you, when he starts talking about himself, I was like, wow. I want a therapist like that, but I don't want a therapist like that, do I? Why, why is that a bad thing? Like, why is it bad for therapists to open up? Um, well, first of all, it breaches into, like, this thing of ethics where you as a therapist are supposed to stay a therapeutic, as, like, a mm. therapeutic entity. Okay. So, okay, so in the therapeutic relationship, the clinician is supposed to be obviously the source of well therapy for the client. Yeah. And to maintain that relationship, you have to pretty much be focused in on just the client. Um, you can't like draw in from weird external sources like, well, your friend said X, Y, or Z. Um like let's talk about that it's it's focusing in on what the client's needs are and how to best help them get to a healthy place um but then by introducing your own life you are tainting that relationship it's no longer just about the clients if you divulge too much information about yourself well now it's also about you and that's where that kind of gets ethical and sketchy Right, that makes sense. I guess I was just using more interpersonal kind of relationships that I deal with because I, you know, we all we all try to relate to our friends. We all try and bring our own experiences into it so that we can say, "Oh, hey, I understand. I've dealt with this. Let's talk about you." But I understand. But that's not how. That's not the situation with the therapist. Yes. Yeah, that's like a friendship relationship. That's what you would expect out of your friends. Like, if your friends are like, no, I don't want to talk about it. Like, I don't want to talk about your feelings ever. Like, uh, uh, screw you. Uh, they're not a good friend. <laughs> or if they're um, just like, let's just talk solely about you the whole time. It exactly. Feel like a friend feels like they're your therapist, which is... Exactly. Fair enough. I understand. You elucidated that for me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, no problem. 
I learned about more than Robin Williams today. Ah, I'm glad. That's what I wanted this podcast to be. Fun and a little bit educational. Not super educational. Mostly fun, hopefully. We don't want too much education. No, we don't. Uh, That's really all I've got about the movies. Oh, I forgot that he was in Happy Feet. Oh, yeah. He was all those, like, randomly, subtly, kind of not-so-great, like, racial impressions. <laughs> I didn't see the movie, so I have no idea. <laughs> and it works because it's Robin Williams, but it's back to the whole thing about him using, you know, other races for impressions. Like, he definitely uses, like, a, a, a Latin accent and goes off of a lot of Latin cliches for his voice. Mm-hmm. Um... And he uses a few other voices. So, I mean, whatever. It's Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nothing, like I said earlier, nothing that we can really do about it now. Um, no. Literally nothing at all that we can do. And, no, I mean... Not... Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> we're not calling for some type of big article or big hullabaloo like everything else on the internet nowadays. No. One thing that I found out also via Wikipedia. Wikipedia, thank you. Uh, I had no idea, like, obviously he passed, uh, mm-hmm. had no idea what was done with his body or anything like that. I didn't care to look into it because that seems invasive. However, yes. one of the first things that was on the Wikipedia page, like I was reading the first pu- couple of paragraphs, uh, he was actually cremated and his ashes were scattered in the San Francisco Bay. Mm. I just thought that was interesting. Now we know. He's yeah, now we know. The mm. Bay. Yes, he's close to California, which is where he was most of his life. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's so weird to think about about someone like that passing. I mean, obviously that's part of you know I, I'm sure that's part of why we're talking about him because his his death was something that reached all of us. But like, it's still strange to think about somebody that big, somebody that you know, um, I guess kind of woven in with our childhoods passing away. Like it, it, most celebrity deaths don't really bother me. Mm-hmm. In fact, honestly, for me personally, as you know, not that everybody here is listen, you know, here to listen about what I think personally about my life, but for me personally, I <clears throat> death doesn't really bother me so much. Like when people pass away, I'm just like, well, that's sad. I, I will miss them. You know, that's, that's a terrible thing. You know, I, 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 you know, they're not in my life anymore. This is awful. But I don't yeah. get overly like, I don't get like super. I don't wax lyrical or get you know. I don't sob for weeks on end, which is totally valid. You know, you deal with it however you want. But when Rob Williams passed away, for me, it was just such a, like, a punch to the gut. Like, it was just like, oh, hey, that joy that you had in your childhood, oh, it's 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 ending. You're not going to have that anymore. You're not going to yeah. have that. Which is, I, mean, I guess, just selfish. But, like, yeah, it's just, like, it really hit me hard for a long time. Like, I feel like that, that, I mean, it's very cliche, but that and Carrie Fisher passing away really just kind of hit me. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, Robin Williams' passing didn't hit me as hard, um, yeah. actually, until, like, quite a bit later, um, where I made some, like, parallels in my own life um, that I'm not going to discuss here, like, it doesn't need to be discussed, but it was right. Carrie Fisher and Chester Bennington mm-hmm. I sobbed over. Um, Chester Bennington, obviously, the one of the lead singers in Linkin Park. Uh, my, one of my most favorite bands, like that was my, along, them and Green Day were my introduction to like rock music. So mm-hmm. both those bands hold a very like special place in my heart. Um, but when I heard that, especially, and I think like similar with Chester having, um, like taken his own life 
And then I think Rob- the fact that Robin Williams took his own life, I think that was the hardest part for a lot of people, um, was not that he passed, but that he uh, did indeed take his own life. And I think that that's why a lot of people had the same effect that they did, um, that like deep mourning that it seemed like everybody that I knew felt. Um, because, again, he was such this enigmatic, pragmatic ball of just energy that permeated mm-hmm. into pop culture so deeply mm-hmm. uh, that I think that when, like, just because, like, we've, we've already seen him as, like, super positive, and a lot of his quotes were, like, um, just, like, being positive about yourself and, like, is it putting your best self forward and everything like that. To see that somebody like that, that tried to instill that into the people that were um, watching him as, you know, a celebrity take his own life was probably, in my opinion, probably what, like, hurt people the most. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you, when you see someone that, at least on film and, you know, interviews, someone that energetic, someone that happy, you don't ever think about them being sad. You don't ever think about, you know, the, the off time, the time between the jokes, you know, the time outside of all of that. I, I think... You know, it's something people talk about a lot with comedians. They say people that, you know, the people that try and make people laugh the most or want to deal with the most trauma, the most, you know, BS. And I think with him, it was just one of those situations where, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, say a de- definite statement because I don't know the man. I don't know him personally. But it's one of those things where, you know, if you're constantly trying to please people and trying to get, you know, enjoyment from that laughter uh, that he you know, caused from so many people, you know. When the, when the laughter's not happening, and in between that, like, what do you do? Like, how do you shut off? Like, what do you, how do you function? And, and I'll, I'll, you know, obviously, in, in his last days, he was dealing with a lot more medically, uh, which is part of why he did, you know, ended up. Yes. Suicide, you know, ending things that way. Um, so it wasn't really necessarily him acting as his normal, coherent self. He was in a, a different state. Um, and I think that's another thing that, that makes it really sad too, is because people, you know, um, a lot of people I know were like, "Oh man, what a waste of, uh, what a waste of life." I don't, I don't like that phrase, "waste of life." Um, he lived a very full life. I mean, he had, he had a, you know, he has children who are carrying on his, his life and legacy, and you know, have memories of him, and he has such a legacy with the rest of us too, which you know, is more than what most people will have their entire lives as entertainers. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And it was really well put. I really like that. I think you're right. Saying that something is a waste of life is completely disregarding everything that they did do while they were living. Right. I think it's disregarding the life itself. Like, you exactly. Know, I, I, you don't know their life. And I think a lot of people felt cheated because they wanted just more Robin Williams. I think that's a very selfish thing. I mean, I understand. That's how kind of how I felt, too. I'm just like, you know, this, this can't be it. Come on, this can't be it. This, the end of it obviously has a legacy, but like I think a lot of people just felt upset, kind of sad, and kind of thrown off. But I, I don't know. You you were on a tangent, and then then I, I broke off on my tangent. So <laughs> <laughs> that's essentially what this entire podcast is going to be. Episode one, you guys know what you're in for. A lot of tangents, a lot of random talking. It's gonna be a fun ride. Um, yeah. So after that 
kind of somber discussion of death and how people's lives should be honored instead of just cast aside or expecting more um, and, you know, kind of poo-pooing their own like real person life instead of just their actor and celebrity life. Uh, I'd like to end this with something a little uh, bit lighter. So a couple of years ago, I watched this movie. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the title of it yet because it's part of the story, but it was about a college student kind of like, it was a kind of like, a, not really a coming of age story, but like a, uh, be humane to the people around you kind of story because you don't know what people are dealing with. Uh, I really liked this movie. Two years later, I was trying to tell my coworker about it. I swore up and down that Robin Williams was in this movie. <laughs> I spent a solid hour of my day trying to go through his entire filmography and trying to find something that sounded familiar, a synopsis that sounded right. Couldn't find a single thing. Nothing's pulling up. I'm like, I know that he was in this movie. I swear he was in this movie. My coworker was like, are you sure that he was in this movie? I'm like, yes, Robin Williams was in this movie. I swear Robin Williams was in this movie. I'm like, you know what? I can't figure it out. I have no idea what's happening. So I just decided to go to Google and verbatim what I typed because I took a picture of it as I was typing up my notes earlier. I had to go back through my phone and find the picture that I took. Well, what I typed into Google was movie about college student doing thesis that kicks man <laughs> out of basement home. Oh, I got the movie title. It's called With Honors. It's Joe Pesci. Not oh. Robin Williams. I don't know how I got the two of them confused. <sighs> I don't know why I was so dead hey. set that it was Robin Williams. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. Home Alone. You talking Pesci. to me? Joe Pesci. Yeah, Home wow. Alone. You talking to me? Joe Pesci. Not Robin uh, Williams. So, guys, I there's mean, your little tidbit for today. Robin Williams, not in the movie with honors. It's Joe no, Pesci. No, it's not. And it, Robin Williams is not in Lethal Weapon. He was not in Lethal Weapon. Guys, he was not in Lethal Weapon. No. Not in Lethal Weapon. No. And he is, he's, he's a little bit taller than Joe Pesci. Um, a little bit more hair. Not as much. They both, they're both hairy dudes. They're both hairy dudes. So I guess I could come. Yeah. Not really. I, so no. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea why I thought that. Okay. Well, this was the first episode of Coffee Fueled Rampage. Brought mm. to me. Brought to you by me, your host. A more caffeinated version of myself. I had a coffee from Winans today that I drank while we were recording. Very delicious. Uh, also brought to you by my awesome friend, Ryan. Ryan, you got anything you want to say uh, to kick us off? Well, um, you know, I would just encourage everybody to watch a Rob Williams film that makes them happy. Uh, yeah, I, I would just encourage them to do that because sometimes we forget um, the joy from his movies and you know, we find it again, but I think it's important to keep him alive in some ways. Um, I think that's some really good advice. Guys, watch a movie that makes you happy. Doesn't have to just be Robin Williams. You might not be a fan of his. Maybe not. Do something this do something that makes you happy. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. Be happy. All right. I will see you guys on the next episode. 